You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Jonathan Larson asked, how can you make someone take off and fly in one of his songs from Tick Tick Boom? And I, for the past two years, have learned one way to do it, through the power of community. Welcome to the Latinx in Musical Theater special for season three of Backstage Talk, where we will be featuring artists from across all positions in musical theater, from several Latin American countries and different Latin heritages. I am proud to showcase my Latinx family. I hope you enjoy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. We are in the home stretch of the Latinx and Musical Theater special. And today's guest is an amazing performer that currently appears as the Evan Alternate and Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, which marked his Broadway debut. Congratulations on that. And his other credits include Trevor, the 2020 Cast and Workshop where he played Jason, The Bittersweets, which also another workshop, The Christmas Spectacular, and has been on TV too. He was a Jimmy Award finalist in 2021, a Roger Rees Award as Best Actor also in 2021. Welcome to Backstage Talk, Mateo Liscano. I am honored to have you here. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Um, I'm, I'm starstruck because you are one of the youngest people that I've had on the show and you have accomplished so much at such a young age. Um, so I'm just curious to know what made you choose the thespian path in life? Um, theater has been a part of my life for like as long as I can remember. Um, but I, I do, the thing that really got me into it was I am the youngest of three kids. Um, I have two older sisters and both my sisters played sports, um, but my oldest sister was also into the arts. So she went to a performing arts high school, um, the same one I attended actually, Frank Sinatra uh, High School of the Arts. Uh, and she was a vocal major. I was also a vocal major. Um, and I would be dragged to all of her performances just all the time. And at the same time, I was being dragged to basketball games and softball games and whole lot of whole lot of sports that I just, that didn't really speak to me at all. Um, but for some reason, my sister's performances, they really spoke to me um, in getting to see her perform. 
and I just kind of saw that and I was like I think that's what I want to do like this is something that I enjoy watching I was like I think I'd like doing it too so I started to do like community theater um my very first role ever was who number six in Susical Jr um everybody I think starts off with Susical at some point uh, it's either Susical or like Charlie Brown <laughs> yes yes which I also did Charlie Brown <laughs> at <Obviously>. some point <laughs> um but but yeah uh so that that got me into it and then I uh the the community theater company uh that I was a part of Random Farms Kids Theater was doing a uh industry showcase and a bunch of people kept telling my mom that they that like she should put me in it and that I should be seen by representation um so I uh, auditioned for the showcase I got in uh and then I performed there and you know all the agents and managers and I got a few calls and um that's when I signed with um a manager and a few agents and that's where I started off uh and I was about nine I believe when the, when I when I started doing this professionally very young yeah yeah pretty young I mean I knew this was what I wanted to do and and my parents um were so supportive of it and they still are to this day I mean truly would not be where I am today without them because they they are just always so they I know that out of everybody um I like everyone I meet in this career, I know that they are the ones who have my back the most. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to have the support of your parents. My, my father was pretty, really supportive with me also pursuing a career in arts. Um, so I, I get the feeling. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your journey in musical theater, like from the Jimmy Awards all the way to Dear Evan Hansen and like why musical theater among the universe of performing arts? Um, musical theater has always been my first love. I, I I like to say like it's the first thing that I really like fell in love with and and found myself enjoying. Um, it's where I felt the most at home, and I often say like the stage feels like my second home. Um, it's where I feel the most comfortable to be myself, even if I'm even though I'm not playing myself. You know, just just being on there and being with a group of kids who also enjoy doing the same thing as I do. Uh, it really meant a lot at that at that young age. Um, and it still means means just as much now. So I uh, I actually I went to a performing arts high school um, and there I was a vocal major and I did a few of the uh, musical productions at my school. I did um, Phantom of the Opera. Um, I did. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, Songs for a New World, um, which was actually the production that got me into the Roger Reese Awards. So we did, this was during the pandemic, is my junior year of high school, and my teacher decided to put on Songs for a New World because it's a song cycle and it's really mm -hmm. easy to put on and we decided to film it. So we have like really like, we have really good um, cameras and like really like, really a high quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah a basically pro a, pro shot. Shot. <laughs> a proper pro shot. Like we, we, we went to like Roosevelt Island to film some scenes. We... Um, our school has a rooftop, so we filmed on our rooftop, um, and it was so much fun. Like, it, it, I had so much fun uh, recording it, and all the rehearsals were over Zoom, but then, like, getting getting to go back to my school and be on, like, like on, on my school's theater uh, and doing all that was just such an amazing process. Um, it's, a, it's a unique form of theater, but I think it's still, like, any, any form of theater is great. Um, And it just so happened that that year, because of the pandemic, Roger Reese, uh, the Roger Reese Awards were taking in virtual submissions. 
for yeah. shows. So we submitted our. Sh- I I actually, uh, my mom pushed me to ask my teacher to ask him to put our production into the Roger Reese Awards. So it wasn't. So if it wasn't for my mom, I probably wouldn't be here um, <laughs> at all. Um, so he submitted, um, and then from there, a lot of kids from my school were actually nominated, um, and my school had, including uh, myself, three finalists um in in the roger reese awards which was great i mean great publicity for my school especially too um and uh both they both of them are actually um like i'm really close with both of them (laughs) both of those finalists actually too so so that was great um and then i won the roger reese awards which was mind-blowing um i even i think the the more mind-blowing part of it was uh they they brought us in to say like we're gonna do we're doing interviews with a bunch of the finalists and we're gonna take some photos of you around new york city mm-hmm. so we took photos around new york city then they brought us in front of the i believe it's the um ooh, which building is it uh it's this building in times square I, it's one of the then um the news um the news broadcast um i think it's i think it was abc i'm pretty sure um and <laughs> And they're like, okay, we're going to interview you now, but turn around. We turned around and our faces were on the billboard in Times Square. No way. And it said, the winners of the Roger Reese Awards are, and then they showed my headshot. And then they showed um, uh, Katriana, um, the, the best actress winner. They showed her headshot. And we were like, oh my God. And you can actually see... Uh, if you there's a video of it, I, I, I believe I think Rogeries posted it, um, and you, you can see me uh, curse because I'm just so shocked. But it's but it's muted, but it's muted, so it's like you just see me mouth it, and everyone's like, "That's my favorite part of the video," and I'm like, "That's kind of my least favorite, but it's okay, <laughs> it's it's fine." Um, but yeah, that was an insane experience. And then literally that weekend, I had to. Uh, it was Jimmy Awards time. Literally mm-hmm. that weekend, I I had to learn a dance for the Jimmy Awards because everything was virtual. So I had to submit a video for the Jimmy Awards um, of me dancing, a video of me singing two songs of my choice from their own catalog of songs. They have a lot, a giant catalog of songs. Um, and I had to film an interview. Like I had my mom interview me, just so many videos I had to get done within that weekend. Um, and then like, oh, and then I believe like a week later, that's when I started the the Jimmy Awards. And, and that... Um, in and of itself was a whole other um, beautiful and amazing experience. Uh, and then, then uh, I was a finalist in the Jimmy Awards. And throughout this entire period of time uh, with the Jimmys, um, I was auditioning for Dear Evan Hansen. So I auditioned for Dear Evan Hansen the first time around when I was 15. Uh, it was in my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I got a call back for it, but I couldn't go because I was working on the Bittersweets and the schedule just conflicted. Um, the second time around, they asked me to submit a tape again, and I believe it was for the tour. And that time was super stressful because I had completely lost my voice the week prior, so I was still recovering from that. And somehow I was able to make it work. Not it's those high B flats were not great, but they were <laughs> enough, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they gave me a, a callback. I went in, in for a work session which went really well, but um, ultimately I was just too young. Uh, they told me for the role at, at the moment. And, and this entire time I've been on, like, this is all just for the um, Evan, Connor, Jared understudy. Mm-hmm. And then 
like bef- sometime before the Jimmy Award started, um, they had asked me to submit a tape again for the same role. Um, so I submitted the tape, and I believe it was sometime like right as the Jimmy Awards week was ending, um, they had given me a, a callback for the work session again. And the day before the Jimmy Awards broadcast, I had my Dear Evan Hansen callback. And I remember the associate director who was in the audition Zoom with me, because this is all done virtual, virtually, of course. Um, I remember he, he had told me, good luck tomorrow. So I was like, oh, thank you. Like they knew, they just knew that I was in Jimmy Awards because Tara Rubin is um, one of the judges of the Jimmy Awards and mm-hmm. she casts, or her casting company casts Dear Evan Hansen. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then I didn't win the Jimmy Awards, um, and that crushed me a little bit. I won't lie, <laughs> that 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 was that was a little, um, a little sad. But like a literally a week later, I got the call um, for Dear Evan Hansen, and I was like, I I could not, I just couldn't believe it. I I really couldn't believe it. Um, it it was truly a dream come true. I mean, that show has been a show that I've. I've been hoping for a really long time I would be a part of someday and never mm-hmm. really thought that I would be a part of. I thought it was more of just like a false hope or like a false dream or something that maybe could happen years, years from now. So so to have it actually happen was um, really out of body and surreal experience. And it's amazing that you're, you, you've been a part of this show now that it's, it's closing relatively soon. So um, you're going to be on in a couple of shows. So everyone just go please support the last weeks of Dear Evan Hansen uh, because I specifically saw that show in 2018, I think it was. Um, And just seeing it on stage is a different thing that listening to the cast recording and it's very different than the movie. Um, So I I prefer the stage version of it. um, And I'm just like super excited that you got to be a part of that show uh, that it has been iconic and so close to a lot of young people in our industry. I, I want to ask you right now, what is your approach to performing in musical theater? Like, what is your process like approaching a character? And specifically in Dear Evan Hansen, that it's so emotional and raw and vulnerable. Um, ooh, my process. I don't often think about my process very much. I kind of just do. Um, if, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, but if I had to like describe it, um, I, from the very first time I, I get the script, um, I try to be as off book as I possibly can. Um, I learned, I started off with Connor actually mm-hmm. when we relaunched, uh, that was the first role I learned. And then I started learning Evan towards like the end of January. Um, and it spanned over a month. So I had my put in rehearsal at the end of February. But back in January, um, the way that the rehearsals work is is they kind of like were they were splitting out the blocks of time and the specific rehearsal days by character. So I was doing like Evan Heidi scenes the first day of Evan rehearsal. And then the next day I was doing like um, Evan Jared Alana scenes. And then maybe the day after that I'm doing um, Evan Connor scenes. Um, So I would look at the schedule. I'd be like, okay, this day I'm learning this scene or these scenes with this character so i would go back into my script and i would look through and i'd be like okay these are the things i need to memorize so that way i'm ready for tomorrow and i can already start rehearsing it off book Mm -hmm. because those lines are i mean 
uh, something that I didn't, I never thought about before I joined the show was like Evan's ums and likes in between sentences. Those are written into the script. I did not know that. So I was like, oh no, I have to memorize all these ums and likes and completely get rid of my natural speech pattern so I can learn his. Um, so that was that was a learning curve for sure. Uh, but I would literally be sitting in the understudy dressing room while the show is going on, knowing I have rehearsal tomorrow and going through the entire uh, script and rehearsing these lines over and over again to just get them in my head. So that way I could focus on the blocking the next day. Um, and for the most part, that worked. Um, sometimes I had to go back and like relook at relook at some scenes because that language is just so complicated and so there's just he just talks so much that it's so hard to get everything 100% correct. Um, and I'm a I'm a perfectionist, so I'm like I need to I need to get these these 100%. Um, yeah, so that that's that's how like my process started. And then in terms of vocals, um, similar to my second self tape I sent in for Dear Evan Hansen, I was having some uh, I had a really bad, uh, I think, I think it was a sinus infection. It was like winter and I was just getting over a really bad sinus infection. So I couldn't, I could not really like sing the songs that well, like my upper register was like not totally there. And at this, and at that same time I was filming college auditions. So I was like, Oh my God. I was, all messy. <laughs> so messy. I was like, Oh no, I'm so scared about this. Um, but I was able to, to work through it. Um, and after I got over that, that sinus infection, I was like making sure that my voice was healthy and I was really taking really good care of it. And everything I do for my voice now is because of that experience. Um, I need to make sure it's like, it's good and ready to go and that I'm feeling good and that it's like feeling open and, and, and comfortable all the time. Um, so that's like, that's in terms of vocals. Now, now that I do the show, like um two times a week sometimes more depending on certain circumstances um my process has definitely changed a little bit i don't feel the need to go over the lines as much um, when i was first going on I, I would have my script open um in between scenes so i could run to my dressing room and just quickly check and be like okay that's the that's the line and then run back on stage for the next scene with the very little breaks evan has um but now i don't have to do that now i don't have to worry as much about the lines and now I don't have to worry as much about the singing because um, I've I've gotten into like a routine of it. Um, and in terms of getting into the character and getting out of the character, I try not to get into the character too much. That's more of the challenge for me um, because I can very easily tap into Evan. Um, I like... I'm very awkward in social situations, depending on the situation, if it's like groups of people, especially. Um, so that was like the anxiety and the awkwardness was really easy to tap into for me. Um, but his is obviously a little bit more extreme. So I try my best to make sure I don't push my own limit. Um, because the moment I push my own limit and the moment I the lines blur between Evan and I is the moment I lose myself. And I don't want that to happen. So before every show, I say to myself, like, you're about to play Evan. Evan is a character. Part of you is Evan, but you are not Evan. Like, separate the two. And I usually do some, like, I usually um, do some uh, some stretches with, like, my neck and stuff to kind of just reset my body. Um, and then I go on stage and I perform Evan. And then when I come off stage, I do the same exact thing again. Like, you just played Evan. You're Mateo. You're fine. Like, this is, and that's it. Because I, I don't want to go too far in, into that character. 
I, I absolutely love it. It's pretty easy when you feel so close to a character for that lines to be blurred by everything. Um, so just tapping in and tapping out of it is, is, a, is a great way to not also deliver the best of your craft, but also take care of yourself during the process. So I just love it. Um, you're pretty young, right? And, but you've had a lot of experience. And I just, I'm, I'm just curious if you have a piece of advice that you would tell the younger version of yourself, like a really young, young, younger Mateo. Um, I think what I would tell younger Mateo is, I think the first thing is like, don't worry, sports really isn't your thing and you won't always have to play it. <laughs> Love <laughs> like, it, yeah. Like, I think that's the first thing I would tell him because he did not like sports at all. Um, he can watch it. He just was was not very fond of playing it. Um, and I think the, the second thing that I would tell him is to... I think not worry so much um, and to just kind of let things take their course and to have fun, um, just to have fun. Because I think oftentimes, um, I mean, even when I was younger and even now sometimes like this can start to feel like work, like it can really start to feel like a job, um, but you need to like reset and tell yourself and remember why you're doing this in the first place and that this is something that you love, mm -hmm. you know, and then you should just be having fun with it. So anytime I am stressing myself out too much about a self-tape or, or anything, I just say to myself what I would have said to my younger self, which is this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. And you know it's fun. You're just a little stressed in this moment, but you enjoy doing this and you're going to keep doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have Latinx heritage, and I just want to ask for you: What is visibility and representation? Um, for me, visibility and representation, I, I think it just it means. I feel like there's 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 a line between like um, actual representation and like representation for publicity almost. Mm -hmm. um, and I think oftentimes we let those, again, we let the lines blur between those two and we can't really separate it. Um, I, I think all, all it means is just reflecting what our world is today in media and in all forms of media and especially, especially theater. Um, and especially for like Latinx people, like I live in a neighborhood that's pretty Latinx, but 
I also have um, a lot of uh, a lot of Asian American neighbors, and and you know I, I live in Flushing, so it's majority Asian American, but there are still people who are not just Asian American. You know, we're very we're a very diverse country, we're a very diverse world, and I think that we need to start reflecting that in everything. And it should not just be like, a, oh, we need a token Hispanic character in this role because we need to meet a diversity quota. It should just be. It should just be like that. You know, we, we need to get to a place where we aren't casting just for race. We're casting for talent. And it just so happens that we have all these um, different races in one room together. And I think we need to we need to start doing that. It needs to stop being about meeting a quota, and it needs to start start being about just reflecting real life. And how how do you think we could increase that specifically Latinx visibility, but in in general visibility and representation of everyone on Broadway? I think that there's there's a lot of um, Latinx children and and just younger Latinx people who I'm sure love the theater and want to get into the theater, but maybe. Um, they just aren't well off enough. Maybe they don't have the resources um, that I had growing up. You know, I I have parents who like who luckily like have like really like like really stable jobs and they're able to provide for me. But not everybody has that, and especially I think in Latinx communities, when you have families um, who are are immigrating and, and families who maybe don't have all of those resources, it can be hard to get those kids into these programs. So if we maybe created more programs, if we just did more things to get these kids into theater and doing what they love, that would help, you know, because a lot of kids have that talent. They just don't necessarily have the place to um, perfect their craft and, mm -hmm. and really work on it. So if we had more of that, then I think, it, and then this goes for just like, not just Latinx, like all, all communities, all, all races, um, I, I think that's a way and I, and I think that's where it starts. You know, you have to start from like, you have to start from the bottom and then work your way up. I love it. I'm, I'm really curious on asking you, has your Latinx heritage and background affected Evan or the, the, the characters you're playing under Evan Hansen right now? Yeah, actually. Um, something that I am very grateful for uh, that the Dear Evan Hansen team has started doing um is they they are a little bit more aware of the family <laughs> like especially the murphys specifically like the family situations and and stuff and they are pretty good about talking talk the associates are very good about talking through that and what that means to each individual character and what that means for the family dynamic kind of thing like my first day of rehearsal um the associate director came up to me and and just said like look he's like obviously you're hispanic he's like so if you go on for connor that makes sense because at the time ivan hernandez was playing um was playing larry and that would make sense that i would be his son because we're both we're both hispanic and we both look pretty similar um he said obviously that would make sense he's like but you know if if it was like um the understudy asa asa then you know that's when we can have that conversation about like what what does that mean to you? And then when we had the Evan conversation, it was just like almost a similar thing of like, um, we can talk about what what that is for you. So whether or not your Evan is adopted or whether or not your your father is maybe Hispanic and you're, you just happen to be mixed race. Um, 
I, I don't n- normally talk about like my Evan and like my background and the background work I, I do for Evan. But for me, I've always been a mixed race child. Um, or my Evan has always been a mixed race child because my mom is mixed raced. Um, my mom is Puerto Rican and she's also a German. Um, her dad is German. Her mom is Puerto Rican. And growing up, she struggled a lot with, you know, not necessarily feeling like she belongs to a certain group. And that's hard to navigate. Um, and I definitely think that that can kind of add to Evan. If Evan is mixed race, maybe Evan just doesn't like that's part of like why he doesn't necessarily feel like he belongs in any certain place. And that could just be a factor of it, you know, not just not just that his anxiety also as well. But but that's kind of that's kind of what I think about. And that's what I try and pull from because it's 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 true. You know, I'm 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 also mixed race technically, because even though both my parents are Hispanic, I'm still a little German because my because of my grand my grandpa. So um so it's it, it definitely that that aspect of it has has affected my evan and and i i don't make it like super super obvious when i play evan but i just it's good to have in the back of my head and, and it's good to good to know and and to think about especially when when you are a person of color and you're representing um a, a community of people yes and it brings me so much joy that this specific conversation happened in the room with the associates at Durban yes, Hansen. So it was great. It, it it brings me a lot of joy and it's it's step forward to all this DEI and visibility and representation conversation that it was meant to have long ago, but we we're we're starting to having them in the in the rooms that really matter. So I, yes. I love that. Yeah I, I think I was very, I was, it was very nice to walk in on the first day and to have that be said to me. Um, it was, it was very nice. And, and their, their recent castings and like, um, the, especially like the, the tour alternate as of right now is, um, is, is black American. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like, that's another situation where like, it seems like we're really starting to make some, some strides um, in, in casting, which is, which is very nice. I love it. Mateo, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we know that, well, I know that you are on Instagram and other several social media platforms, but it, but if someone wants to reach out to you, where would be the best way to do it? The best way to reach out to me is to actually on my Instagram, I have my email connected to it. So if you email me on whatever email is attached to my Instagram, um, I will try my best to get back to you if, if you have any like business questions and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, one last question: Which are your top five favorite musical theater shows? Ooh, top five. Okay. Um. All right. Number one is and always will be Rent. <laughs> um, Rent is a uh, a big show for me. My sister, who actually got me into musical theater, was a part of a production of Rent, um, and I think that actually probably really cemented that interest for me. Um, my dream role is actually Mark in Rent. I would love to do that one day. Um, second favorite show. Oh my God, this is so hard. There's so many really good shows. I think my second favorite show, it's very cliche to say, but Hamilton. Um, because of the diversity aspect of it, I really enjoy that it's um, all played by, I mean, for the most part, it's played by people of color. Um, and the founding fathers were white. And it's nice to see the what the world looked like back then, but represented by what our world is like now. 
that that that's really great. And of course, Lin Manuel Miranda is a genius, and it's really great that he brought um, rap and musical theater together because now there's things that my uncle and I can enjoy <laughs> together. Um, what else? Uh, my third favorite musical. Ooh, I think I want to say The Lightning Thief. It's a very it's it's not it's not very well known, but I love The Lightning Thief. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? It's so good. It's I yeah I I heard Good Kid and I fell in love with it, and that was my audition yes. song for everything for a really long time. Um, and I genuinely like love Shrek the Musical. That's another <laughs> one. I really do like that. People think I'm joking when I say it, but I really love Shrek the Musical. Um, and just to throw it in there, Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Obviously, it's Obviously. a good show. It's a great I show. Mean, I personally think it needs a couple of rewrites as any other show and specifically with certain topics, but it's a really good show. Like I fell in love with that show thanks to the music before getting into the story. So me as well. So, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a very important story. And it's a very important musical that, that everyone should see and everyone should experience for themselves. Yeah. Mateo, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure uh, not only to meet you, but to listen to you. And I wish you the best. I know that you are a rising star in this industry and I really cannot wait to see where you're going. So thank you so much for spending the time with us today. No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I had, had a really great time. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.